What is up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of the Soul Seeker Podcast. I am so excited to be recording this little solo cast. And I say little because the intention, at least, is to keep this one short. And I'm kind of experimenting. If I'm being completely honest, this is an experiment to see how I would like to go about reading my book for Audible. Because here's the thing. I wrote three books uh, previously. This is my fourth book. And in the other books, I wrote them all between like 27, 2018, around then. So it was quite some time ago. I'd intended to read each of those and put them on Audible, but I just never got around to do it for a lot of reasons. But one of the reasons is for anyone listening that has written a book and or read a book on Audible or been around anyone that's been a part of that process, please do reach out and let me know if you have any insights on that. But from everything I've heard over the years, it's extremely difficult in so many different kinds of ways. And obviously challenges are great, right? That's how we grow. And in fact, like, I mean, you might just be listening to me talk and be like, wait, this was your fourth book. That's difficult. And for me, honestly, writing comes pretty easy. Um, I, I love to write, but this challenge of just reading what I wrote, uh, there's a lot of challenges there. One, it's, um, I've read this book so many different times now. I've read it twice before it went to, after it came back from the editor and I would reread the book. Um, not even the book, I should say the chapters as I was writing it because I took plenty of time off. So I would read what I wrote to get back into the flow of it. So after a certain point, like I almost feel like I become desensitized to my own content, my own story. And it's a little bit different reading it too. Not, not only that, but like right there, I kind of like swallowed because I needed to take a space. So there's like little things there where go, I practice reading on Instagram a few times. And I've noticed like, oh man, this is going to be tricky to read it on Audible. So anyways, all that to say, this podcast is more than twofold. I mean, it's at least threefold because onefold is it's practice for myself. Two, it's to share it with you guys so you get a little glimpse into the book. And three, eh, just for fun, doing something different. And one thing that I learned through the process of writing this book, Soul Life Balance, A Guide to Igniting and Integrating Spiritual Awakenings, is it's not just enough to have creative outlets. Yes, we need creative outlets, but we need to really challenge ourselves and get past those plateaus. And that's something that I didn't realize till I wrote this book because I've always had, not all, not I've always, but in recent years, I've had creative outlets like this podcast, for example, or the numerous projects I have. But in really going deep and putting everything I had into this book and really making that my mission and and. I I really learned how important it was to get past just like having a creative outlet, but like getting past those plateaus, right? Or picking up guitar for me. You know, I've been learning guitar off and on now for about a month, and that is so challenging in itself. Anyways, we'll get into the content of this podcast in just a moment. I want to remind you guys that if you are new to the Soul Seeker podcast, please make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. It only takes a few seconds of your time, but by doing so, it helps the algorithm so other people can discover this podcast as well and benefit from the lessons of the pod. So if you're down with the mission of 
raising the collective consciousness of humanity, why not just take a few seconds and subscribe, rate, and review, or even share this link directly with a friend. And other than that, Wizard Teams, you guys may have heard me talk about Wizard Teams in the past, but Wizard Teams is my done-for-you virtual marketing agency. What does that mean? Well, many of you I happen to know are entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs. And as a business owner, we want to build a well-oiled machine that runs itself so that you can focus on working on the business and not working in the business. So if that's something that you're interested in, you want to find ways to remove yourself from working in the business, check out wizardteams.com. It is our virtual marketing agency done for you, I should say, done for you virtual team. So basically you just tell us what you want done, anything marketing wise, and we get it done for you. We've been doing it for about a year and a half or so now. So good stuff there. And with that, let's go ahead and dive into it. So I'm holding the book right here. First thing first, I've heard that when you read an audible or you read a book for audible, you want to do it on like a Kindle or some sort of screen because you don't want to hear the pages. So I'm definitely going to listen to this podcast later, see how it sounds for myself, but feel free to reach out to me, whether by email or DMing me on Instagram, letting me know your thoughts just in general about the podcast, about the book, about the uh, sound quality, about if you can hear the pages turn, all that type of stuff. It would be really helpful for me. Plus, I'd love to hear from you guys. So with that, I have the book in my hand and I'm going to choose a section. I'm not going to read too much, but I was on someone's podcast this morning And she was asking me just about the book. And I brought up um, inner child work and switching timelines. And I shared a story that's in the book. And I just feel like sharing that story with you guys now. So I'm going to find that section. And that's what we're going to listen to. It's uh, over 100 pages into the book. So it's definitely about a third of the way in. And I'm just picking up from the middle, essentially. So here we go. It is page 135. Not that that matters to you guys. So from here on out, I'm going to pretend like I'm reading for Audible. Inner Child Healing and Shifting Timelines. We've talked about how time doesn't necessarily exist. Yes, it does exist in the moment of you reading these words because you are in the human experience. And it also doesn't exist outside of this human experience on Earth. With this in mind, we are ready to explore the concept of inner child healing and how it may shift timelines. This can be best described through a personal story. Recently, I was using a guided inner child meditation and it brought forth a memory from my youth. An inner child guided meditation can be done by simply searching for a pre-record guided meditation with the theme of inner child work. The key is to create a safe space in which you will have the flexibility and vulnerability to be fully present with the meditation. When I did this, I was brought back to a memory of when I was just a kid and had a knife near my wrist. I don't recall all the details other than I was mad because I was being stubborn, and it brought me to the point of wanting to exit this life. In my meditation, I saw this younger version of myself, Sammy. I sat with him. And asked him why he felt the way he did. I was there for him. I saw myself as Sammy. I felt seen and guided by my older self in this moment of meditation. 
I was overcome with emotion. Tears began to roll through my eyelids and on down past my mouth as I tasted the saltiness leaving my body. My body lit up in what I now affectionately refer to as spirit chills. And in that moment, I knew time travel was real because I had just experienced it. You see, that had to happen. Every single part of it. I was meant to sit in this inner child meditation to revisit my younger self in that experience. From what I could tell, the presence of my older self in that experience was the thing that had stopped me from actually using the knife to harm myself. So the question that remains is, had I not done this meditation, would I still be here today? By doing this meditation, did I shift timelines into an existence of my living beyond that age? I also want to talk about the younger version of myself, Sammy. I have had a great deal of self-hate coursing through my body for as long as I can remember, and a lot of that stemmed from my name, Sammy. I was never the most athletic kid nor the strongest, and my soft name, Sammy, fueled lots of negative thoughts in my mind growing up. In my junior year of high school, I had the opportunity to create a new vision of myself by renaming myself within the school system, changing from Sammy to Sam. From then on, I let the old child self version of myself die away. By the time I was off to college, I had enough distance between the soft version of myself, Sammy, and this new persona I was building that it truly felt like an opportunity to create my identity as something I was proud of. What I didn't realize until recent years, specifically one major purge during my first night in ayahuasca, was that I have completely shut myself off from my inner child. I've carried so much shame over the years for who I was, so much so that I shut him out from the totality of my being. Throughout the years, my shame has been something I've unconsciously been carrying. Now I'm on a path of rebuilding my relationship with my inner child, Sammy, as part of my self-love journey. Inner child healing is real, and it's looked upon as one of the major healing modalities by many in the conscious community. So there you go, guys. That is a pretty deep passage. Should I call it a passage? But yeah, that's a pretty deep section of the book. And um, yeah, powerful, powerful stuff. You know, it's it's interesting to reflect on that. And this is just a podcast to give you a snippet into the book, like I mentioned at the beginning. But at the same time, I'm just kind of riffing here and giving you a little bit behind the scenes. But for those of you that have experienced something, whether of that nature or anything that is really, what's the word I'm looking for? Hmm. Out of this world, for lack of a better way to put it, something that goes beyond the veil, especially not in a medicine state of mind. Um, it becomes just a story. That's what I'm getting at here because that meditation was a couple of years ago and I remember it. I remember that feeling. I remember the feeling of being in that meditation, of letting tears come down my face and feeling the saltiness of those slow building tears from my eyes past the nose all the way down to my mouth and dripping from my chin down. Just that slow, steady stream of tears. And connecting in that moment, I, I can feel, I can't feel back into that. That's the problem because now it's a story. I can try my best, 
But this, but at this point, I've shared that story. I don't want to say so many times. I mean, less than ten, but probably more than five with like close friends. And now with you guys, now it's in the book as well. And I just mentioned it on a podcast. The more I share it, it just becomes a story. And the more I'm detached from it, and I start to wonder, was I just having an emotional moment or whatever in that feeling and connecting dots? But then again, that's the adversarial voice coming back in. And that's something I talk about in the book as well. The adversarial voice is you could compare it to like the negative voice, the the rational, not so much rational, but it's trying to discount experiences you have and keep you from living in your highest alignment and being the highest version of yourself. So that's the adversarial voice coming back in. That's like, nah, man, you didn't, you didn't really experience that. That's like too, too crazy. Right. Um, but I know, I know I did. So anyways, I'm sure there's those of you that have experienced something in your life. that was kind of similar. I'll share another, uh, section with you. This is nearby and I like this one. And it's similar to this section is and the book, you know, it's uh was it 20 something chapters? I should know. Let me look real quick. It is 24 chapter, 25 chapters in four sections, 317 pages, normal size font, like 11 point, I believe. Um, so it's a big book, but there's a lot of like small sections within the chapters. And this is one of those sections that has, or one of those chapters that has a lot of small sections. So this one is called Understanding Time and Existence Itself. I'm of the belief that time is an experience unique to Earth. You see, outside of this three-dimensional plane, there are numerous other dimensions of existence. I've experienced the feeling of infinity and that we truly are all one, split off in separation to experience itself in the good, the bad, and the undefinable. My experiences have been through Earth and plant medicines. I felt that we are all God experiencing itself in separation. Hello me, I am you, and you are me. Now, if you haven't experienced what I'm referring to, I have found no way to explain it to anyone in a, in a way the mind would be able to understand. There's what's called a felt experience, and the nature of existence is truly a felt experience. That said, I will do my best to describe my relationship to existence. I remember after I first sat with ayahuasca back in 2019, I went to my friends and invited them to rub their fingers together. As they had complied, they were not only confused, but definitely gave me that WTF look. Next, I said, you feel that, don't you? Naturally, they'd reply, yes. And finally, I said, it's not real. Now, this is an example of exactly what not to do with your relationships with anyone who is not on this same path you are on. These bodies we all have are, in a sense, avatars. Some call them meat suits. Yes, feeling your fingers, or for that matter, using any of your senses, does seem to be real. And it is real in this dimension, but it's not ultimate reality. Here's some science that backs up what I'm saying. As described on the Astronomy and Science Education page, Astrovia on Instagram, 
Color does not exist in the real world. To understand this, you must understand that there is a difference between an object having the inherent quality of color and that object's ability to reflect light at different wavelengths. Based on its atomic structure, giving it the appearance of color. Any given object will reflect light at a particular wavelength, giving it the appearance of color, even though none of its atoms actually possess the quality of that color. Take a red apple, for example. The skin of the apple, when viewed in white light, will absorb most frequencies of incoming light and reflect back only red frequencies. The apple is not actually red. In fact, red light is not actually red. It is merely light of a certain frequency that we have evolved to interpret as red. The same goes for any other color within the visible light spectrum for that matter. Look closer at that apple skin. Closer. Closer. Eventually you will see only atoms. Atoms made of protons, neutrons, and electrons none of which are inherently red. Instead, you will find atoms with electron shells emitting invisible EM radiation, light at the frequency we call red. Our eyes capture this reflected light, and cone cells at the back of the eye respond to the incoming light, sending electrical signals to the brain that creates an image in our consciousness with appropriate colors. In our mind, the apple appears red, even though it is not actually red. You see, our consciousness is plugged into the reality of this current incarnation. And as confusing as it is, don't worry, we're not supposed to understand, our other incarnations are both quote-unquote past and quote-unquote future are happening concurrently. When we intentionally make room to connect with our soul on a daily basis, we are inviting the intelligence of our higher being to guide us through this sometimes rocky human experience. More and more recently, I'm finding situations where I'm experiencing something that I've already experienced. This is hard to explain, and I truly don't know if it's a manifestation or experiencing time does not exist and tapping into the future. The best I can do to explain this is through a short story. When I was in Costa Rica in May 2021, my first visit to the country, I found myself on the most beautiful and secluded beach, a beach that dreams are made of. I was staying at a hotel that overlooked the ocean, and the front desk recommend taking a jungle path to a private beach. Imagine in your mind a beautiful resort on a cliff overlooking the sea as far as you can see, with mountain tops of jungle terrain. This was the setting of the hotel. As I made my way through the jungle, I found myself walking slower than normal to take it all in. I walked so slowly that I noticed a unique design of what seemed to be a leaf on a tree with an eyeball design on the leaf. As I leaned in closer, I saw it was a butterfly, camouflaged as it rested on the tree. I took a deep breath and literally thought to myself, what a beautiful, what a wonderful world. I could even hear the classic Louis Armstrong melody in my head. As I smiled and thanked the butterfly for this experience, I headed back on the path. As I drew closer to the end of the path, I started to smell the ocean breeze and could see pockets of sand peeking out. When I finally reached the beach, my jaw nearly dropped at its magnificent beauty. With the jungle on one side, a massive amount of beautiful sand 
was sandwiched between foliage and the gorgeous blue ocean. I found a spot and put my stuff down, noticing as I made my way into the ocean, there wasn't another soul on the beach. I felt more joy in this moment than I had ever felt in my life. Warm water, clear skies, sun is out, and this spectacular beach just to myself. Seriously, how is this even possible? I thought to myself as I bobbed up and down with the rhythm of the sea, When I came back to shore, I admired the crabs and how they found their way onto the sand as a unit. Fully present in the moment, a memory came flooding in that took me back to a guided meditation from about six months prior to this moment on what we'll call Soul Sam's Beach. I realized in seconds that I had been to this beach before. I had been guided through a meditation to my happy place and that's when I first envisioned Soul Sam's Beach. Now, here I was in the physical experience of being on the beach. To bring this full circle with the notion of time not existing, was I experiencing the sensation of being on this beach through meditation six months previously? Or did I land on this beach because I had envisioned it and manifested it into my reality? Either way, there's magic here. And the lesson was this. The magic of this day is something we can tap into at any moment. It begins with slowing down to connect with nature. Throughout this book, I will continue to guide you with ways to practice soul life balance in order to experience these sorts of moments. So there you have it, guys. That's, um, wow, the next story is deeper than both of those. Um, It gets really deep. There's a, I tried not in this book to to share too many of my stories because I do, I did want to make it a guide for you. However, I feel by sharing my stories, it makes it relatable and it's an easier way to understand it as well. It's a kind of a practical application of some of the lessons. So if you guys are interested, you can check out more of the book at soul life balance book dot com that's soul life balance book.com there's a lot of info there and a link to purchase it as well as all the resources that are listed in the books because in the book because i recommend so many various resources i've created a landing page essentially that has everything in one spot so that's soul life balance book.com you can find it directly on amazon as well and you guys know how to get a hold of me Please reach out. Let me know what you think, what comes up for you when you listen to this podcast. And thank you so much for tuning into this short, short, short episode. And be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And I will be back with you guys next week for a full interview. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Yeah.